Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good evening, everyone. With the Toronto Maple Leafs now out of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the whole Toronto sporting landscape now turns its attention to the Toronto Blue Jays for the rest of the year. And you can bet that the Jaybird watching crew will be there every step of the way. It's Brandon Panikar in the hosting seat tonight, joined by Adam Corsair, Craig Borden, and Chris Key. Gentlemen, how are we on this fine, sunny, but kind of cool Tuesday night? What are the Leafs? Rios got out of it. We're good now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, who, who who are the Leafs? And did he get out of it, Craig? What uh, double play? Excellent, excellent. What excellent. a sweet little double Leafs? play right there. Yeah, who who are the Leafs? Um, the NHL Hockey? doesn't exist past round. Uh, uh, doesn't exist before round two. With the Leafs, no. they're, they're they're still in the news because Mitch Marner just got carjacked. Yeah, gunpoint. <laughs> out of all the things yeah. that could happen, it's like, dude, really? <laughs> no. I know. He's not well, having a bad some guy who was it's, cheering yeah. for him five minutes before that. I know. Yeah, he's, yeah he's actually, not having a bad enough week. Yeah, yeah. gets eliminated, yeah. and then yeah, that's uh, anyhow. Uh, we're not a hockey stolen. podcast. Maybe maybe oh, don't suck. Yeah. Oh, that too. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, maybe. We Why should... did I hear a Josh Donaldsonism right there? If you don't yeah. like it, play better. <laughs> yeah, don't suck. Yeah. Actually, though. Actually, though. Hello. We'll piss off half the listeners that uh, tune in. All of them. Because they're all Leafs fans, too. Yeah. Uh, Why? Because Josh Donaldson's actually playing well. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, the uh, the Blue Jays are kind of treading water after a very rough road trip that went 2-7 and seven, um, in Cleveland, in New York, and then over the weekend at the Trop. And that's where we'll start our conversation. Blue Jays lose 2 out of 3 at the Trop. And kind of like what we talked about last week, I know I was on the more optimistic side and thinking maybe they can take two or three with Kevin Gosman and Alec Manoa pitching in two of those games. Sunday's game, in my mind, which we'll cover, was the most typical way to lose at the drop ever with Matt Chapman throwing the game away, essentially, with a couple errors in the top of the inning. But other than that, for the most part, they kept it close on Friday until the very end, and then Saturday was nice to see a little bit of an offensive explosion, uh, and then Sunday the bats went cold again. So let's start with Friday's game. Chris, Kevin Gosman, yet again, pitched a gem. I mean, this is just becoming the norm for him, and the Blue Jays still couldn't score any runs. But they did eventually tie it up in the eighth inning, and it looked like there was some momentum for them to maybe even potentially steal the game away from the Rays. Um, but they came up short, bullpen collapsed a little bit, and the Rays go on to win. What was it, 5-2, I think the final score was, or something along those lines? Yes. Um, at what point do we start getting concerned about the offense? Because I think I put out a tweet before last night's game. 
if they didn't start waking up after a homestand against the Mariners and the Reds, then there's cause for concern because that game they could have won on Friday night behind Gosman and they didn't. And it's slowly on the offensive side. So how much longer can this go before you hit the panic button? Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I think I've been telling you guys that the bats needed to wake up and the bullpen wasn't going to be able to sustain what they were doing uh, in the amount of innings that they were pitching like that third week, April, I said that this was concerning at least. Um, And call me crazy for that, but these games matter. Games in April and games in early May now or in mid-May matter just as much as the last week of September. And if we yeah. won just a couple more games in April and May last year, we would have been in the playoffs and we wouldn't have had the drama that we did on the very last day and the heartbreaking loss and and what have you. But I, I am not of the mind of Wilner where you can go into July and still say that it's early, it's early, it's early because I, I firmly believe that every game matters just as much as the next or the last you need to win these games and you need to figure out these bats. And I think I, I I'm thinking more and more and more. It starts with Bo and Bo is really pressing right now. And I, I hate to say it like this, but when, when he's going through a little bit of a stretch or has a bad game, he's almost starting to pout a little bit. And you can see his attitude completely change, and it looks like it's starting to spread to the others. Whether that, that's actually happening or that's a thing, but the guy can't let emotions bleed onto everybody else. I get he's having a rough year and he's struggling, but... You can't pass that on to everybody else. You got to get him going some way, somehow. I know Dante was in Tampa Bay with, uh, with at least probably some of the team uh, over the weekend. Um, hopefully, that's a wake up call. Yesterday, he hit the home run in the first inning to get things going. Hopefully, a couple of chats and uh, a dinner or two with the old man gets him going. But he's got to figure it out and figure it out in a hurry. Craig, go for it. To that point, he went. Three for five yesterday, right? <laughs> so maybe there's Hit something hard too. I think there is something to where Chris was going with the fact that he is um, a catalyst, or I'll even bring back the old Paul Molitorism here as he is the igniter in this lineup. You know what you're going to get from Vlad, and to that point, he's got what a 13 game hitting streak going into tonight. So yep. you get somebody else in that lineup to do something, and usually it starts right with the top. You know, Springer getting off and going crazy who we had the scare with him over the weekend that that sucked thank god he only missed the one game and was able to get back in the dh spot and he <laughs> he looked pretty damn good round of the bases yesterday so i don't think there's yeah. any cause for concern there um just glad they were precautionary about it and got him to do what he needed to do to get healthy and whatnot and stay that way but as um oh sorry i was looking at the game <laughs> yeah <laughs> just missed it but to that yeah. point i think if you get either springer or bow to be able to go off at that top of the lineup, everything just falls into place for this offense. So without that igniter, you're not getting the fire started. Adam? Chapman leading off isn't the answer either, just to throw no. it in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, when is it time to be concerned with the offense? I think we, in previous discussions, we've said around early, sorry, mid-May, is when I'm going to start to not panic, but I'm going to start to take notice. And here we are. 
Um, this lineup was built to hit, and the pitching, the starting pitching, although robust, we were, I think, considering it to be secondary to the offense. Not that it wouldn't be productive. We just thought the offense was going to mash. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just not the case right now. Um, I don't like chalking things up to injuries, but it's definitely something that needs to be talked about, like especially with Tay Oscar being out of the picture for quite some time, and that puts the lineup in a weird state of flux, as, as well as Springer, even though the absence was, uh, I don't know, was it just a game that yeah. he missed? Mm-hmm. Um it doesn't help, especially if they're dealing with ailments, you know, while trying to gut it out. Same thing with Jansen, not in the mix for quite a while. So, um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a little bit concerned, but not to the point where I don't think that this team has enough time to turn it around. I think the way this team is built, it's a little bit better than last year's squad. So I'm not at the point where I'm I'm about to compare. Um, you know, apples to apples. Not that you were, Chris, but apples to apple. What's what's going on last year? What went on last year to what's going on this year? Um, more to Bo Bichette. Um, I just feel like like there's a lot of focus on him offensively. Um, his defense is is okay. I just I don't like. He reminds me of Kevin Pillar in the infield. Like I just think he's trying to make snazzy plays for the fuck of it, and it really <laughs> bothers me sometimes. And it's it's just not necessary. Um, but even without that, his, his April line, I'm looking at it right now. His line in April was 213, 237, 298 with a weighted runs created plus of 53. It's pretty poor. Whereas so far in May, uh, this might not be updated as of yesterday, but 298, 365, 468 with a weighted runs created plus of 145. So it's trending in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and yesterday he hit three for five. So I'm not necessarily concerned with Bo offensively I'm more concerned with like Chapman I know we like to look at the home run yesterday and say okay like it's trending in the right direction I'm not quite so sure um he really concerns me um and I, I just I don't know I'm that was not... the worst triple I've ever seen sorry yeah, Adam at it. you know it's all I, you guys <laughs> all seeing this we might have just yeah. witnessed the weirdest play in one of the Weird, weird place of I didn't see a thing, season. so fill, fill, us in, fill us in here. Uh, uh, basically, right, Springer... Uh, yeah, 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 sorry. Springer basically hit one off of his hands into shallow right field. The right fielder dove, missed it completely, Good. and three runners scored, and Springer was about, I don't know, 10 feet to the right of third base when he slid into it and <laughs> somehow stayed on the base. Damn. It didn't even look like Springer was moving, and Oh, and he stopped like halfway. They yeah, just yeah, showed the replay. Pulled the full uh, Willie Mays Hayes there for a second. Yeah. He stopped. He, yeah, he didn't stop completely, but he like stutter stepped. Uh... Was that Hanniger in yeah. right? No, I think he's Hanniger's on the IL. Oh, oh is I he? Remember who is in right? Or um... interesting. Anyway, yeah. sorry to cut you off, Adam. Carry on. No, with, uh... all good. Either okay, way, no, that no, might I... have been the big random stupid seeing eye singles. I mean, triple that the Blue Jays needed to get the offense yeah. going. That inning was this close, boys, to being just completely knobbed off. Kirk let yeah. off with a double, and then the late bases eventually get loaded, and Tapia hits a you know a little pop fly, and you know there's all of a sudden two outs. That yep. should have probably been the third out. Yep. 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 With a normal right fielder, that's a third out. 
Yeah. I'll take Adam. The floor is yours again. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. I, I just, you know, I'm not. We're I'm talking not really offense. concerned with the offense. I, I, I just, I think it's going to sort itself out. Um, I don't know. I, I, I know a lot. It, the, the loss of the Rays stings because it's the Rays. But if this was, uh, I don't know, Milwaukee, if it was an interleague play, or if it was, I don't know. Cleveland again would we be this upset I think we're, it, it's heightened because it's the AL East and the Tampa Bay Rays I don't necessarily think this says anything about the team overall I just think the Rays are a fucking good team <laughs> and Brendan we just don't count them out that's something yep. we talk about all the yeah, time that's right so I'm not overly concerned but these these games against Seattle albeit they won last night they gotta win tonight they gotta take this series at least and mm-hmm. what's the next one St. Louis coming Reds. up for two Reds. Reds, they got yeah, they got to sweep that, and then St. Louis for two. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, you got You got to at least win one of those. Not to jump ahead, but yeah, it's but time in to the midst of this. We're still nineteen and seventeen, and in the playoffs, yeah, too. Yeah, two games over five hundred seems better. It doesn't than feel good, but yeah. I'm just saying we're still no. yeah. there. No, it's because it started so well, and the yeah. the wheels fell off really quick. And, no, and not that I, like. I would say I wasn't disappointed with the results this weekend. They were actually much better than what I thought was going to happen. If, if you I remember agree. from last week, I said there was a very good possibility that they get swept. And like, sure as shit, the game that Ryu pitches was the one they won. I didn't see that happening at all. But Ryu rehab. Same. <laughs> we'll take yeah. it. Absolutely. How much, Adam, you pointed this out in the group chat as we were putting the agenda together for tonight's episode, sure. you said you sent a tweet from Mitch Bannon that says the blue Jays have had the toughest schedule through the first five weeks of the season. And typically mm-hmm. with tough opponents comes really, really tough pitching. And while they have had some dud pitchers, I would say to hit off of which they didn't take advantage of for the major for the majority of the time, it has been really good starting pitching. So now that they are going into an easier stretch where you also pointed out in that tweet from Bannon, that they have the fourth easiest remaining schedule. And typically with easy teams, you have really crappy pitching. And the Blue Jays mm-hmm. what, six up, six runs up last night against a decent Seattle pitching staff. And they're already up 3 nothing right now early against a decent uh, starter in Logan Gilbert. So, Adam, is that what it's going uh, to take to start changing the tide with the offense is easier opponents to get the offense going, get people in their rhythm routine, and then when tougher opponents come back around like the Yankees and other teams like that, the Rays, that will be able to win a couple more of these games uh, than we have the last two weeks. Certainly helps. The the later end of the schedule certainly helps. I mean, this is the team that hasn't faced the Orioles at all. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And how many how many series have we had against the Red Sox? Just one, right? And the Yankees two, have played the two. Orioles a few times now. We've had two series. Yeah, you're right. Two series against Boston. One home, one away. Um, yeah, and, and you're right, Chris. The Yankees have faced... Um, the Orioles quite a bit. Um, yeah, it, it, you want it to help because you want them to take advantage of those situations and you want to win those games. But I, it, Chris, I think you mentioned last week that I don't, I don't know if you were serious or not, cause I can never tell, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you were serious. I appreciate when you said that. that you sort of have 2013 vibes and that's starting to creep in on me just a little bit. It's like the, the hands coming out of the grave of 2013 and we just got to stomp on those fingers to get them back in. I don't know. We, we got to, we got to take advantage of these. I don't want to say easy games, but easier games than what we had to deal with at least for the first half of May. 
Well, and that's yeah. exactly it. Like you have to, this team has to beat up on the teams that they are supposed to beat up against Cleveland, Baltimore, when they finally come around Boston right now is playing a horrendous yeah. baseball. They They're have terrible. to, they have, they have to win those games. And then the games against New York and Tampa, that you're going to play a whack load. Like you're going to play over 30 games against those teams this year. Just stay afloat with them. And that's like, what they've done. Go, go 500 in those games. And you're going to be all right as long as you take care of business where you're supposed to take care of business. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. Craig, Ranjin Ryu pitched pretty well. Uh, I didn't see much of it, but for the most part, based off his line, he pitched pretty well on Saturday. So I have no opinion on the matter. But for anybody who did watch it, uh, while all of Ontario was watching the Leaf game. Uh, we all know your did- opinion. <laughs> <laughs> how, how did Ryu look? Because as we've all said, I don't think anybody expected to win that game, and that is the one game against the Rays that they won on Saturday. Um, if you saw it, how did Ryu look? And is there any sort of signs of encouragement to take away from that start? Things that encouraged me were that it looked like he had that bulldog mentality back. You know, he was like, he's never been the guy that just completely lights up the radar or anything like that or just blows people away. He scatters hits around and usually finds, you know, good ways to make sure that those hit gloves. So those are the kind of things that were happening properly for him in that start. Did he go that deep? No. But to that point, I think he only threw 72 pitches in his rehab start. Or, um, so, you know, we're expecting him to do anything much more than that. And that's exactly what he did. He gave the Blue Jays four and two thirds innings. And to that point, I was very encouraged by the start. Was I expecting a lot going into it? No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> but to that point, I was completely, I, I think it's this group of the re- rehab thing that you guys are all jumping on. Brendan, I've been kind of in the neutral ballpark. <laughs> I want him to do well. Join I think me. he's going to do well, but I don't think I'm drinking all the Kool-Aid that Brendan's dishing out. <laughs> None so. of us. W- n- let's yeah, make, we this, all make this clear. Well. We want yes. him to do oh, well. Oh, I get it. We I'm just have zero that, yeah. confidence in him doing it. We being Chris. So. But to that point, you guys are where you're not even expecting it. So you guys look at that box or watch that the other night. You had to have been really encouraged by it because you're like, oh, shit, he did something, you know, right? Where I'm sitting there, okay, that's more of what I expect. (laughs) And then Brendan's over here, right, going, fucking World Series. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, like I said, to me, Ryu is the the fifth starter in this whole thing mm-hmm. so if he puts out a start like that great and then you have you you say kukuchi do what he did yesterday oh kukuchi's this, been great lately everything falls into place for this rotation and it's gonna look immaculate by the end if you get to the point where you get something that's a four four point five era with ryu and he somehow manages to throw 140 150 innings that's all i need him to do in that start the other day that's what i saw I saw that guy that is going to hit those numbers and be that fifth guy if he can stay healthy. So to that point, I'm thinking we're right now, the rotation's on par and projecting to where it's supposed to be going. We get this offense going like we were all just talking about. This whole thing about us even having this downturn over the last weeks and having a horrible road trip here just vanishes and winning cures all. As, as Joe Siddle said a couple times this, this weekend uh, and even last night, um, Every team will go through stretches like the Blue Jays just did. And I think it's magnified considering the expectations on this team and the fact that a lot of the time in Cleveland, 
they had runners on and just couldn't cash them in. And so that just adds to the frustration when you don't win some of those games. And I think the frustration was really capped off a little bit on Sunday. Or maybe some people thinking, like I am, that it was just one of those games at the trap where weird shit happens. And the weird shit that happened, Chris, was the fact that Alec Manoa, again, continues to deal. Him and Gosman, as we've said pretty much every week since the season has started, going back and forth of who's the true number one, who's 1A, who's 1B. Manoa pitched fantastic on Sunday and kept the Blue Jays in the ball game, but they just couldn't get anything going offensively to the point where two Matt Chapman errors were the ones that cost them. So, Chris, when you look back at Sunday, are you more frustrated at the lack of offensive production to back Alec Manoa, or is that just one of those games that always seems to happen when the Blue Jays play at the Trop and you can maybe shrug it off a little bit easier than if that happened against, say, the Red Sox or the Yankees. Yeah, I'll be perfectly honest. I didn't see Sunday's game, but yeah, they when you walk into the House of Horrors, that's kind of shit you're going to walk out with, I guess. <laughs> nobody, Nobody's really going to be terribly surprised. Just thank God that it hasn't happened. Well, I guess it has happened in the playoffs there, but um, it, it much, much worse. But yeah, that that's just one of those things. You have your most reliable defender throws a ball away and shit goes squirrely from there. Like they just everything goes downhill. Um, I am frustrated that we can't get any runs on the board, though. Of course I am, and and I think we've all kind of expressed our frustration at that. But yeah, yeah. Eventually, you got to start putting runs on the board especially for guys like Manoa and, and Gosman that are going out there and giving you six, seven, eight innings almost every time out there of really good, solid uh, starting pitching in baseball. Um, you got to help those guys because they, they, they're going to go out and give their, give their all every single time, but it's going to weigh on them and it's going to get frustrating at some point that you're just not putting runs up for them. Um, not to say that that's going to affect anything the performance-wise, but mentally it, it'll take its toll after a year of going out there trying to put the team on your back and just nobody nobody stepping up to to help you out on the other side of the ball. It, it, any pitcher will tell you that eventually it breaks you down uh, not having any kind of support like that. So, yeah, I, f- I feel bad for those guys. But it, just as a side note to that, like, like you said, the one A one B with Gosman and Manoa, but Kikuchi is right on their heels almost at this point. And it, it, if you up. look back to some of those some of those starts where where he struggled a little bit, um, it, and the teams he was facing through that, and now that he's he's ditched the cutter for the most part and gone strictly fastball slider, you know what happened? The last guy that was throwing fastball slider in a Blue Jays uniform, <laughs> he's not in yeah, Toronto yeah. right now. Things Should got be, too but tight. It's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Things did get very tight. We'll save that for uh, a, a two topics from now. Or I guess one topic from now. Really quick to wrap up the race series, and anybody can take this if you want. Were there any positives to take away the series, or is this just a stretch that we can move on from and look forward to hopefully winning the series against Seattle, and then hopefully a sweep or at least a series win against the Reds? Anything else on the race series that anybody wants to add? Yeah, we got to leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny Jansen, yeah, yeah, I mean, true. Look, look comfortable, homer. yeah. You know, uh, he's got a. I mean, the homer aside, he's got a. He's got a lot to prove. Um, but I, I'd like to see him back out there. I, I don't. I mean, besides Cavan, and I know it's been a running joke, but are we really missing anyone right now? No, 
No, and that's what's I guess a little Pearson maybe you can say. Yeah, yeah, to Pearson. Yeah, probably. But I guess that's what's and a Mesa, Mesa about yeah, uh, Mesa now seeing Zach Collins still bat fifth sometimes or Ramel Tapia used as an everyday guy because it feels like it's a fully healthy offense. But I guess maybe just because the offense is yeah. Uh, what was Bo Bichette doing batting fourth on Sunday? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we just to say four weeks ago, three weeks ago, we were saying that was supposed to happen too. So just mm. <laughs> how do you get him right? Remember, I never was, uh, put him in the fourth Talk spot. I didn't say I you specifically. Six. I said this group was talking about oh. it. <laughs> how do you get him going? All right. Maybe that's a way. Yeah. Bad yeah. last, get him pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's worked for some other guys. Exactly. You know what you do? Exactly. You call up Cavan and have him play shortstop one game. Oh, okay. Why are you trying to throw games now? We're, yeah. we're trying Listen, to win them, not throw them. don't have any more to throw away. You do that Best against the pick. Orioles. Okay, you do it against Baltimore. It's just to light a fire under Bo. Get him pissed off a little bit. Oh, man. Oh, my God. I hope somebody quotes that. You, puts you collectively have Blue Jay. You, <laughs> you collectively have the Blue Jays fan base pissed off at you now. Just to say, that was, that was a Chris Key level hot take. Just saying. It was. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, people yelling at you soon. Yeah. Soon. Our favorite favorite show stalker is not yelling at us on Twitter yet. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, Moving on from the race series, there was a little bit of bad news that came out of it. There was potential for a complete disaster, as we kind of touched on with George Springer on Friday, uh, spraining his ankle and having to come out of the game. Um, I'll admit, even when he did come out, Right before when he grounded out, he looked like he was running decently fine, and it didn't seem like a high ankle sprain, which for football, that takes a long time to heal. But it seems like it was just a very minor uh, ankle sprain, and he he seems fine, so they avoided that. And then we see that Tim Mesa hits the injured list with, uh, what was it, forearm strain or soreness in his forearm. And then we elbow also in, see... Elbow inflammation. Elbow inflammation. Yeah, that's not good for a guy Which who is had severe really Tommy John surgery. Um, and then we also saw last night that Jordan Romano was getting evaluated, but it turns out it was just an illness, non-COVID illness, which is keeping Romano away. So we all got to breathe two sides of relief with Springer and Romano. But uh, Chris, or um, Adam, I'll start with you on this one. Sure. Tim Mesa has been probably their most valuable reliever behind Jordan Romano this season, especially as a lefty who, at least for me, has taken a very long time to get into my personal circle of trust with people who come out of the bullpen for whatever reason. Maybe it's because of pre-Tommy John in 2019 or even when he pitched a little bit last year, there'd still be the occasional slip-up. And I don't know, I just didn't trust him until this season, to be perfectly honest. How big of a loss is that to the bullpen? Because as Chris said at the top of the show, we were uh, crying out a couple of weeks ago that the offense needs to hit to not put so much high leverage and stress pitches on the back end of the bullpen. Simber shown cracks in the armor. Jimmy Garcia has shown cracks in the armor. Romano, before he had this illness, has also blown a couple of saves. And even Meza himself giving up a couple of runs. But they still need their bullpen at full strength. So how big of a loss is this? And how would you replace the loss of Tim Meza moving oh. forward if it's a while? Oh, God. Uh, I, I think it's a well, you're on the Chris spot. Mentioned. Yeah, it's it's uh it's a it's a big loss only because the bullpen does seem a little taxed. Um I th- if, correct me if I'm wrong, was he the one that got the win on Saturday? Who, Mesa? Yeah. Was he awarded so. the win? I believe Anyways. so. Yeah, yeah, see? And there you go. Not Ryu. Anyways, um 
<laughs> Ryu was only 4.2 thirds innings, just saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, no, guys, no, re- you guys remember that win for picks to click. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That was yours. <laughs> there you go. Um, yes, no, Mesa. Don't, I don't remember the day before when he. It was Mesa that yeah. got it. It's his second hard this year. Um, bullpen is something that's always finicky with the Blue Jays, uh, with the exception of maybe 2015 or 16. And. You know, it, it's it's hard to find a reliable, stable group of guys that you can uh, close out games with. And I think what we had going with Meza, you could throw Simber in there too a little bit, and Romano, um, Romano rather, it, it's been good. And eliminating one of those creates this sort of wild card that it's it's almost to the point where it was last season where you know Told people were playing Charlie the about you know, mismanaging right the bullpen. This is gonna help this I was the one coming from the fence Like you, yeah. you got to put someone up there. Um, and I, I don't necessarily think that this is that severe with just the, the loss of one guy. But um, if the bullpen continues to be taxed and continues going this way, uh, it might trend in that dire- direction where you're just throwing shit against the wall and seeing if it sticks when it comes to the bullpen. I don't want it to get to that point. So hopefully this isn't a Tommy John thing because that's what we're worried about when we hear for, I mean, elbow inflammation. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you'd hope it's not. And maybe, Oh, there's Romano right now on, on the screen. So mm-hmm. he's okay. Yeah. Um, maybe um, this will accelerate the, uh, the aspect of Nate Pearson Mm-hmm. Making an appearance. I don't. I don't have any status updates when it comes. I don't know if you guys know anything. There but was um, I just let me see if I can find it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. I just think that if you're able to get him into the bullpen and have him, you know, get his feet wet and solidified in there, that might mitigate the loss. But it really depends on on uh, how long Maze is going to be out for. But as of right now, I don't see anything within the system, especially in the minor leagues, that you're going to be able to adequately replace Tim Maze with. So um, he has me a little bit concerned, but I'm not super, super worried. So before dive into Pearson, because I can bring up his update, Maze, according to Shai Davidi, is left forearm inflammation, not elbow. Uh, and he's getting it. Okay. Montoyo. And again, Adam, this goes back to what you say. You don't trust how you handle or talk about injuries. Charlie said yeah. the club doesn't think it's serious. So hopefully that is the case. Um, but the Nate Pearson update, and Chris, I'll go to you on this one. Nate Pearson hit 96 in a side session. He's on track to Ooh. pitch an extended spring game this week. So, Chris, does Nate Pearson become a potential answer much quicker than they may have anticipated um, if Mesa does, <laughs> in fact, uh, miss extended time because Andrew Vasquez was the call up for Tim Meza. And to be honest, from what we've seen very, very briefly of Vasquez, I would probably rather a rushed Nate Pearson come back into the pen than Vasquez. Also, did Chad Manchester hit a home run? I was looking at, I think we were both looking at the same uh, article about Pearson. No, that was, that was, that was yesterday, I think. Oh, okay. As I said, I Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Replay, yeah, that was a replay. Stop. Excited, man. All right. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. I, I think we were both looking no, at the same Pearson article, uh, and then I clicked back, and it uh, it uh, was showing Pearson with or uh, Chapman with the jacket on. Um, Pearson, if uh, if people remember back in March, I believe Adam and I once again agreed uh, very rarely that Pearson was going to be the 
uh, answer to all of the bullpen's problems, and he was going to eventually end up being the dominant closer that he should be. Um, yeah, get him, get him, get him, get him into three or four games, whatever he needs, probably more than that. One or two innings, like don't worry about stretching him out at at this point. Like you don't need him to throw three innings or more. You're you have plenty of guys that can do that. You just sent Thornton down that can do that. So why do you like if you have guys that can do multiple innings already, don't worry about Pearson doing it. Just give me a hundred on the gun or something close to a hundred in the gun and give me one inning of blowing it by guys. Like can't waste time at this up here, get him up here quick and let him throw a million miles an hour. Yeah. That could yeah, help. He needs lot for sure. He needs to be just get up there and do your best role this Chapman impression every time. Yeah. Just, yeah. just get in there and just <laughs> throw, throw it through the catcher. Just, just not the yep. do that. He can do it pretty damn well, I think. Yeah. yeah. Throw it through the like, catcher. That's it. Rip your shoulder off or try to. I don't care. Like we have stripling and uh, to a lesser degree, we have Anthony K. Is he is he hurt still? No, I think he's just down in AAA. I he's think. Okay, AAA. so we ha- we have K and we have stripling. If you know a starter goes down, knock on desk, that doesn't happen um, to mitigate any sort of uh, starting pitching loss. So there's no need to stretch Pearson out. I agree with you, Chris. I agree. Just let yeah. him throw. Let him, let him throw heat. Craig, where are you on the Pearson uh, to replace Tim Mesa thing? If it is serious for Mesa. Honestly, I looking forward just to having somebody else come out of that damn bullpen. We're seeing the same guys all the time, and that's not necessarily a good thing because I'm worried about even like Jimmy Garcia at this point. Mm. I I say the Jason Frazier joke rather often on this show. I am seeing Jason Fraser from Jimmy Garcia right now, and it's driving me slightly insane. And I I want somebody to just come out and throw fire. And right now, the best guy that you can look around at the Blue Jays' landscape of arms is Nate Pearson that can possibly do that. And he's somebody that also was trending pretty good in spring training, boys, and then got mellow and got completely derailed. I'm looking forward to him actually jumping back into the pond here and taking his rightful spot in this bullpen. We really thought he was going to be a big part of this, and I really think the Blue Jays thought he was going to be a big part of it too. So we need somebody else, and I'm sorry to say I love the fact that, you know, we're going to eventually find a role for Ross Stripling and all these other people, but this just looks incredibly more deep without having to worry about the last little spots of our bullpen being the Saucedo and Mary Whitfield and all that kind of like roulette spot in our bullpen right now. Nate Pearson could come in and steal that spot and just completely solidify this bullpen to being those same guys all the time, but not anybody getting overwhelmingly taxed. And then the roles will figure themselves out. I'm like I said, I'm moderately scared right now with Jimmy Garcia being our setup guy. And now that Tim Mays is gone, the guy that I was starting to rely on. I'm only, I'm a little more scared. I need yeah. a person to come up and throw throw smoke. <laughs> yeah, you can start to see how it all fits together. The offense doesn't hit a lot of close games in April that were high stress. There's going to be, unfortunately, some injuries like this. Hopefully, not too many as the season goes along. But the bullpen, I still think, has exceeded my expectations for the most part to start this season with how many close games they were able to close out and end up winning. Anything else on the bullpen, guys? Before we move on. Nah. I'm sick of being stressed. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So score some runs, offense, please. Uh, off to a decent start tonight. Still up three nothing. Last time I checked, going into the top of the fifth. Um, Seattle has come to town, gentlemen. And Chris, you're going to start with this one because it should have been the return of Robbie Ray to Toronto. But as we have since found out, and it is confirmed, all the rumors that Jeff Blair started to spread last year when they were hot after Kevin Gosman and not so much off of Robbie Ray, is that Robbie Ray is not vaccinated. That, even though it's not 100% confirmed, you can add up all the pieces he wasn't officially added to the restricted list because you can't do that with starting pitchers who made a start within four days, and that is for roster manipulation purposes. Tanner Houck, mm-hmm. I can't remember how Houck got out of that, and they were able to add somebody for him, but I think it was either outside of the four days or he was used in relief, which you can then do that for. So Robbie mm-hmm. Ray didn't have to get added to the restricted list, and he didn't have a locker room anywhere, so he's not vaccinated, unfortunately. <laughs> So knowing all of that, Chris, knowing that Robbie Ray is also off to not the best start with Seattle. He's had a couple good starts, but definitely not as dominant as he was a season ago. How much do you feel that not being vaccinated played into the decision to ultimately kind of just let him go, get his contract with somebody else, um, and maybe put a percentage on that? Because the way I'm thinking about it, guys, is – as soon as they knew Ray wasn't vaccinated, the rule came into effect. They just didn't even give him the time of day, and they were strictly focused on Kevin Gosman. I personally also believe, even if Ray was vaccinated, given the fact they tried to sign Kevin Gosman each of the past two off seasons, still makes me believe that if Ray was vaccinated, they still would have been super hard to trot on Gosman and maybe use Ray as a fallback. So, Chris, he was your guy last year. He correctly predicted in spring training that he wouldn't sell young, and he did. So take that and run with it. Um, it was probably a hundred percent to do with it. Cause if you can't pitch at home, then like, what's the point giving a guy $135 million or whatever they gave him super unfortunate, but you know, he's a big boy. You can make his own choices, I guess. And that the, these are the consequences of those choices is that you can't come North and you may miss games. Now, fortunately for the Seattle Mariners, he's not missing games really because he wasn't slated to pitch, uh, in either of these uh, these three games. So it's not going to hurt them so much. Um, if he was slated, then that would have been a little bit more interesting to see how they would have uh, dealt with that. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think they were being connected to Gosman the last couple of years, I think, probably played something into it. But um, I don't know. Who knows if Ray was in... Maybe they went after both and they just went after or had some super starting rotation. Who knows? Um, yeah, super unfortunate, but, you know, he's a big boy. You can make his own decisions. Craig? A couple of people on our Twitter feed that said, Ray who? Yeah. <laughs> how well Gosman's been pitching. <laughs> Fuck you, uh, Ray who? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to say that mostly to just, you know, poke Chris just a little bit. Up to that point, um... Jerk. <laughs> hot take, just saying. Yeah. Um, but I can't be upset about it. Would it have been great to see him come back and do exactly what he did last year? Of course. It, but to that point, that's not how the Blue Jays' work, luck ever works. We would have gotten him, and he would have probably been, like, the equivalent of Josh Towers all over again or something like that, and we would have thrown him giant brick of money at him and it, it could have been a giant black hole for 
what, four years signed, I think, with the Mariners, or was it three? Uh, he had a whole bunch of, like, opt-outs and stuff, so I think it's, like, three, but five, and yeah. Yeah, I think you're correct. I, I remember it being something like that, so... But with the way they got the rotations structured up, they, they have Gosman doing what Gosman's doing. It's been incredible level of stuff. And it's just quietly happening as Blue Jays fans. You know, nobody's talking about how good the pitching for that, you know, for uh, Gosman and Manoa has. It's not like the MLB Network's drooling over talking about our pitching, but they probably should be at least those two guys. And now Barrios is doing pretty damn well in the fifth inning in this one, and he's been definitely trending more in the better direction versus the I can't get out of the first inning or even an out <laughs> during our home opener that we got to see. So am I hurt and uh, surprised by this whole thing of how the, you know, stuff with Robbie Ray ended up coming to form here? I think it speaks for itself. We don't, like Brendan said, we don't know for sure, but it's pretty damn likely <laughs> that he is unvaccinated and didn't come back to Toronto because of the fact that the Blue Jays just couldn't convince him to do otherwise. So you go on to your next best candidate. And I think you were the one saying that, Chris, they've been hot for Gosman for a few years. They saw something in Gosman, this front office, and said, we're going to get that guy. and He's going to be one of our guys. And having those three together, Gosman, Barrios, and Manoa, and now you're seeing Kikuchi get the things together. And if we can figure out any rhyme or reason or right, Ryu rises any kind of form, this is one of the best rotations in baseball once it gets moving. And would have been just the same with Ray? I don't know, because I also think that if Ray stayed, he wouldn't look like he's been looking for the Seattle Mariners so far this season. I think it would have been closer to what we saw last year. Adam? I'm not... I think him being unvaccinated had a lot to do with it. And when we... if I think it had actually everything to do with it. When we um, look back to, I think... Uh, Shapiro had some interview where he said, or it might have been Atkins, I'm not sure, but one of them said that the vaccination status of some free agents and trade candidates definitely prevented the Blue Jays from making some moves. Um, and we all thought at that time, Jose Ramirez. Apparently mm-hmm. that's not the case. Um, so I do think once Robbie Ray made the decision, to not be vaccinated, I think that gave the Jays more incentive to more aggressively pursue a Gosman. And I believe he was signed before Ray, if memory serves me correct. Yeah, it was like like a few was, hours before a yeah, day before. It was a bam bam <clears throat> kind of thing. Um, that's not to say that I don't think Robbie Ray wanted to come back. I do think he wanted to come back in you know in an ideal situation for him. Um, but I, I do think. The Blue Jays were looking at their rotation and at the time said that it has to improve. And um, I think the order of signings were Barrios, then Kikuchi, then Gosman, if I remember correctly. Um, so they they did what they they had to do to stir up the rotation. And if Robbie Ray wasn't going to be in their plans, then so be it. I mean, in the long run, we've been sort of teasing this this entire show. Uh, it looks like they already have Robbie Ray and Kikuchi already. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it sort of worked itself out. And again, it, there's no way to know whether or not Robbie Ray would have been productive still with the Blue Jays or not. But uh, he's getting paid more than Gosman and he's producing 
terribly <laughs> for, yeah. for Seattle in yeah. comparison. Um, to answer the question about the contract, too, I'm looking at it right now. He's uh, He's got a full trade, no, no trade clause this year and next year. And uh, he has a player opt-out after 2024, which you know he's going to opt into. He's not 100%. opting out of this contract. So he is with Seattle until 2026 unless they can move him. And we're looking at 21 million, 21 million, 23 million, 25 million, 25 million. And that's a lot of money for the, and especially for the production that he's not giving you. So uh, Blue Jays win this one. And so far, this front office has been making, I think, maybe besides Kendris Morales, all the right choices. So, yes. You know, yeah. There you one go. time we can applaud somebody for choosing to not get the vaccine because it's led to Kevin yes. Gustin. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> <laughs> and to that point, I, Kendrick Morales was a means to an end, right? It, this is now what you don't do. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and yeah. I've done mostly good decisions since then. So exactly. We're not having another trial of Shapiro or anything, which he ended nope. up winning. Nope. I, no, I recall it. Oh yeah, oh, there's no more trial of Atkins or Shapiro, to be perfectly honest, uh, unless something goes horribly, horribly wrong. Um, yeah, it, it's unfortunate. Yep. I, I was, yeah, I was hoping that he could get a nice ovation. Maybe he will kind of get one when the Blue Jays go to Seattle later on this summer, and the ballpark is taken over by Canadians, so he can have a home game with uh, mm. a home crowd reception for the Blue Jays to thank him for his Cy Young season in mm-hmm. 2021. But yeah, moving to the See, it, Sorry, before you move oh, on, it was, it, it was strange that he got his Cy Young award earlier this year, not against the Blue Jays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Even if he couldn't come across the border to do it here, like knowing the amount of fans that do cross the border, like wait until the Jays are in town to yeah, do that. Yeah, that's true. Like that's it's kind of a bitch move by Seattle, to be honest. It would have been a little tip to the hat. It's not like they don't yeah, know. Yeah, like, it, it's just, yeah. sorry, and I don't want to say a bitch move. It's like, it's kind of a, a bitch classless, move. yeah, oh, it's like a classless dick move that, like, if you know that he can't accept his award up here because of circumstances and whatever and politics, semantics, choices, whatever, I don't care. But, like, wait until Toronto's in town then to do that. Like, that seems like, the thing you do like if if and like you know that toronto's coming to town it's not like if gosman won the cy young in the national league last year um that we would wait for san francisco to come up like that just wouldn't happen because they they weren't playing this year so then you do it on a whatever day maybe like maybe you wait for his like childhood team to come to town or something silly like that to do it or like the team that drafted him or something whatever like i don't know but like to do it earlier in the year and it kind of just like i didn't even know that it happened till it was afterwards i would have probably tuned in for a couple of minutes to sure to see him get it like i was a huge fan of him last year and 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 wanted him were one of the best one but yeah well and like maybe that's selfishly but like it's a fucking dick move that you do that and like the fan base that supported him all year in that year that he won it didn't even get to enjoy it with him yeah right or enjoy it for him i should say right like right. they know. just they just didn't want to give any extra incentive for blue jays fans in western canada to come on down to seattle i guarantee yeah. it guarantee it could be the rivalry is ignited yeah <laughs> yeah actually though it's always funny when that series comes around 
hearing all the radio clips from people on like ESPN Seattle and stuff like that talking about how upset they are that Blue Jays fans come and take over their ballpark. Well, why don't you sell some tickets? Little Canada. Yeah. yeah. Go buy the tickets before we can. Exactly. Where did, exactly. Where did all these Tim Hortons come from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, Yusei Kikuchi, as we've kind of said, has already uh, replaced Robbie Ray quite nicely, as has Kevin Gosman, of course. But this production from Yusei Kikuchi lately um, went into the start last night against the Mariners. I don't know about you guys, but that was by far the best I've seen Kikuchi. Uh, mm-hmm. It's clear the adjustments are working. He removed the hesitation in his windup. He's attacking the zone inside with his fastball more like Robbie Ray last season, using his slider more. Occasionally breaks out the cutter, which was a problem pitch for him last year in Seattle. And the changes are working so much so to the point where the last 17 and a third innings pitched, he's have a 1.56 ERA, 0.75 whip. He's not walking guys anymore. And he is a K per nine of 10.4. So, Chris, because last week you were saying that you say Kikuchi is your best friend. Um, how good is this to see the production from Kikuchi, but also the fact that if you combine that with what Gosman and Manoa are doing, and hopefully we get Barrios back to a spot where he is that mid three ERA guy, as Craig has already said, it's just a matter of time before the floodgates open on this team to go on some crazy winning stretch. And it doesn't even have to be like a 11 or 12 game win streak. It can be 15 wins in 20 or 20 wins in 23 games or something like that with this kind of a pitching staff and offense. But um, you called it early. Kikuchi does have the stuff to be competitive. So how good is this to see what he did last night and contribute to a win against his former team? See, I think it's hilarious that you guys pick Kikuchi for my, like, shitty pick-slick <laughs> person. I know. you got And now you guys are all screwed because he's the best. <laughs> True. Facts. Um, no, it, it's great oh, okay, Kirk. <laughs> yeah, it, it's great to see because like everybody kind of had him slated as the number five, and we're almost writing him off after the first couple of weeks. But it, it finally looks as if, um, as Bo gets a line single to left field, um, it, it finally looks like whatever Pete Walker's been preaching it, is finally getting into into his head and some of those changes are happening and obviously you can't make you can't make those changes overnight if i don't know how old kikuchi is but probably 26 27 maybe let's say he was 27 30 he is 30. however yeah 30 so like however oh, wow. however old he is and he's been pitching a certain way for for as long as he probably has <laughs> to get a couple of these things drilled into his head it's gonna take a little time and thank god it it it's clicked very very soon um for a guy to to try and figure it out and like he's got some zip on that fastball there were a lot of seattle mariners last night that were way behind that fastball mix it in with that slider are we ready (laughs) 2.0 yeah i think the biggest thing is is not only the improvements to his actual mechanics i thought it was interesting over the last few starts too not only was it the hesitation but he's been playing with that little like kind of like last second leg kick that he does he he's doing that sometimes and then there's times that he just goes flat right to the plate i think it's that little extra piece that's actually messing with hitters watch for that his next start as i noticed that the other day when he was pitching 
that he'll do that last little, like, he kind of goes down, like David Cohn gets the leg out, and then he'll just do that last little with the bend at the knee to go flat and then drive to the plate. Now, is so he only doing that on one certain pitch, plate. though? Did you? What's that? Is he only doing that on a certain pitch, though? Because that could be a huge problem. I think yeah, I lost Yeah, he did give away. <laughs> No, I feel you, Chris. Because if he's only yeah. doing that, if he's only doing that on one pitch, that means they'll they'll be able to to so, figure that yeah, out. He's got it's got to be consistent, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's either got to be consistent, or he just does that every once in a while, whether it's his fastball or a slider. He can't just do it on a slider or just do it on a fastball. I don't think. Uh, I think Craig's headphones died. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I have all the confidence in the world when it comes to Kikuchi right now, and I know it was he was sort of the the under the radar uh, rotation signing that we had. Um, it was sort of like prove it to me. Um, but you're right, he's pretty much Robbie Kikuchi right now. So that's what <laughs> we're seeing, and pretty soon there's going to be shirts out there about his behind. Um, yes. But <laughs> I think that uh, Chris will buy when it. You have that. Yes, when you have that sort of stability in your rotation from, uh, I, I don't want to say it, someone that was, expectations were low. I think they were low in comparison to the remaining four people in the rotation. Yes. But it, we, we all saw what he did in the first half of last season, was yep. it? Yep, he lit up, and then, and then he sort of, yeah, and then he, there was a drop-off in the second half of the season. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't really, I'm not, yeah, I wasn't familiar with Seattle's schedule. I don't know what their strength of schedule in comparison to the first half and second half was. So maybe that had something to do with it. But if, you know, we're relying or not relying, if we're mentioning that, you know, the Blue Jays schedule is about to get softer for them. And I, Brendan, I believe it was the fourth easiest. Yeah. Um, that's only going to benefit him. And he's going to produce, hopefully, uh this right because i don't know that it can get better than this i'd like it to but i don't know that it can and it, if it does oof, that's going to mitigate a lot of issues from from your boy ryu so yes. i think i think we're good. it's a, it's a multi-year daily sign too it's not just yes got a little bit here and i'm running off Maybe yeah two three years yeah three three years, three years 12 million a year yeah, yeah. that could be it's a friggin bargain right now yeah steal it <laughs> yeah Especially if it keeps trending like this, it's going to look even better. It yeah. might be the best move the Blue Jays made. And, yeah, and Adam, yeah. you just said with the strength of schedule, you go back and look at who Kikuchi has pitched against this year, and it's been every Yankees series he's pitched against them. I'm pretty sure he's gotten mm-hmm. the Red Sox twice, the Astros twice. He has not had an easy run of opponents. And the Yankees a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. I think all three times they play the Yankees, Kikuchi has pitched um, against New York so far. So, yeah, it's... All great, trending in the right direction with Kikuchi for sure, and hopefully Barrios as well. We've seen trends with that, and so far, based off Len, it looks like Barrios is pitching pretty well, even mixing in a couple strikeouts, which has has eluded him so far this season. So mm-hmm. they won last night, which was awesome to see some offense come up. Chapman hitting a home run, winning six to one. They are currently winning three nothing in game two, and then tomorrow you have Kevin Gosman going up against who's going for Seattle? I forget. Um, anybody remember? Uh, oh, I'm uh, Marco, it up Gonzalez. Right Marco Gonzalez. Marco um, Gonzalez. And he's not bad yeah. uh, for Seattle either. Like, Seattle's rotation is just a whole bunch of guys who are decent and no superstars. So hopefully, if they hold on to win tonight, they can go for the sweep behind Kevin Gosman tomorrow. And that's just a bonus win. I don't think either four of us predicted from that series. So, 
yeah, it, it, if they can get the series win, for sure, that's a great step in the right direction, getting back on track. The offense is coming around slowly, and hopefully even more so by the end of this week and going into next week when they play the Cardinals um, and then go to the West Coast to play the Angels um, for a couple games. That's one too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll be a fun series for sure. Um, and a team that will probably be right in the thick of it for a wild card with you. So it's an important series next weekend at the Angels, but we'll save that for next week. Anything else you guys want to add before we go on to picks to click and predicting the Reds and Cardinals two-gamer? Did anybody notice that Vladdy secretly had a 13-game hitting streak? No, it's been the quietest hit <laughs> no. streak ever. Because what, it's only mm-hmm. been one homer, right? Yeah. And, and he already has a hit tonight. So. Yeah. Oh, does he yeah. start 14 already? So, yep. At that point, I think there's only one longer one in this season so far. I forget who it was. I want to say somebody with the White Sox. I thought it was J.D.? Yeah, J.D. Martinez was the one that was 13 games, too, but now he's over that. So oh, okay. There was somebody with a 16. Oh, and Donaldson I, I, had that was the White Sox guy. Yeah, I can't remember who. Was it Abreu? I, I don't recall. I know he was broken over 20 last night, too, because so, his team was giving him a hard time. They gave him the silent treatment when he came back in. <laughs> oh, yeah, I saw that. That was pretty funny. But yeah. Um, um, that point, how okay. when he's doing that. <laughs> it's just yeah. insane. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, let's go on to predict the records of the next five games uh, for the Toronto. Uh, JD Martinez has a had a six, seventeen game hit streak. Well, and Louis, uh, Louis Roberts had uh, fourteen. That's the one. Okay, I got him. Flip <laughs> flop. So coming into town are the nine and twenty six Cincinnati Reds over the weekend on Victoria Day long weekend. There is a chance Joey Votto will be back, which would probably be unless he gets traded to Blue Jays the last time he ever plays in the stadium. So let's hope he can play um, scheduled to pitch for the Reds, according to probable pitchers, Luis Castillo, who I know in the past we have wanted the Blue Jays to go after is not having a good season. Nobody on the Reds is Hunter Green on Saturday, a guy who can throw one oh two, but also has a six twenty one ERA. Uh, and then Connor Overton. Awesome. No hitter with Sunday. no hits the other yeah. Exactly. yeah, exactly. So not easy pitchers, I will say. Guys with good stuff that can make you look foolish, but also guys who have given up a lot of runs so far this season. And I believe because Gosman is going tomorrow, that would line up Ryu for Friday, Manoa for Saturday, and then Kikuchi for Sunday. So those are your pitchers for the Blue Jays. And then you have Barrios and Gosman for the two-gamer at Bush Stadium against St. Louis next Monday and Tuesday. So, Adam, kick things off. Your record predictions for the Red Series and for the Cardinals Series. The hubris, the Blue Jays hubris in me, wants to say a clean sweep, clean weekend sweep to Cincinnati. It's at home. I wonder how many Reds won't make the trip. It will be something to monitor. Especially with a lot of young kids. What if Votto doesn't yeah. make the trip? Because <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So yeah. <laughs> He's in Dayton right now, and he was also playing in another minor league team like last week, too. He's wearing the... Uh, yeah, but that's not Canada. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the 307 game on, uh, on Saturday, so I'll take that. I'm going to say two out of three against the, the Reds. <laughs> 
7.45 starting in St. Louis. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> I don't like that at all. Uh, I'll say a split against St. Louis. And before we continue, uh, I just want to say shout out to Matt Devlin, who has called good games. Yes. In Tampa. I, I, yes. I enjoyed his thought. Are you um, serious? Yeah. Dude, I love Matty D. Matty oh, D. man. That was one of the worst combinations I've ever Bro. heard watching a baseball game. I had to, to mute it. Chemistry, though. Yeah, Dude, but you yeah. have to do better than that. It was bad. It was almost unwatchable. This is a guy that primarily broadcasts the NBA and sometimes the CFL. He maybe <laughs> has done a then, handful of no, MLB he, games. No, 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 no. He used to do Turner Sports. Before he was a Raptors guy, he was a Turner Sports guy doing baseball. I'm not and saying. Him, I'm saying. And here's he what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. Siddle stuff. is amazing. Devlin calls a great game for basketball, but together it was almost unwatchable. Oh, oh man, dude. I, I, it was bad. It was bad. It was no. really bad. To that oh point, I and, may, and, and honestly, maybe it might be if. If I'm the odd person out in all of this, maybe it's because we're so spoiled with how good we usually have it. Shulman's great. And, and like show my ultimate lineup is Shulman and uh Shulman and Siddle. Siddle. Yeah. Yeah. Together. Honestly, instead of putting us through Devlin again, let Jamie Campbell call the games again. If he's up for uh, it and his health is yeah. doing well enough, let let Jamie do it. To that point, Ben Wagner did really good those couple games he did in Cleveland. Yeah, I, I don't would like rather, I would I would rather listen to Ben Wagner even on the broadcast, like the TV broadcast. Don't give him a partner. Never yeah. ever give Ben Wagner a partner. I agree. Never for radio. He, he's, he's a, a great, great, great fine on radio. his own. Caleb Joseph God, is good in studio. I like him in like, studio. Yeah, yes, yes. I did not like him broadcasting. Yeah. Well, I, I don't yeah. Um, no, but now man, ben is perfectly D. good on his own and don't Maddie bring Devlin D. back. Let if, if Jamie's oh. up to it, let him do it. It's all take right. Me, take me back. Take me <laughs> back. To, take me back to the old years. No, we no. got to put you in Maddie D rehab, bro. Yeah, I, I think I think it's my time to put you in fucking rehab. <laughs> you guys, you guys are putting no, you guys are putting your Raptors bias at the forefront here. It was I have not no Raptors good. bias. It I was not bias. good. It wasn't good. I'm sorry. It wasn't good. Put it to a vote. Put it to a vote on Twitter, Craig, with uh, running the account. Did you like Matt Devlin <laughs> as commentator? Yes or no? Yeah. yeah. Once again, you know, you know what? And I Mike remember listening. Devlin, <laughs> Devlin did. Devlin did some games. Hmm. In 2013. He, he, yeah, he's broadcasted it, it was a while ago. He's done it before, yes. and yes. he like he's done it before. He like I said, he was on Turner Sports, and he's done Blue Jays games in the past. And I remember thinking that this is actually pretty good, but those couple of games were fucking terrible. They were so bad. Sorry, no. boys, but it wasn't good. I don't know okay, if you're kidding. Really to, each, to each their own. To each their own. That's where we can leave it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like you said, it, it could be that it could be that we're just so damn spoiled with who we usually have, but I didn't like it. That that I definitely like plays a part. No doubt about that. Definitely plays a part in that. Um. So Adam, you go three and two, two against Cincinnati, uh, and one against St. Louis. Craig, how about you? What are your record predictions for? Um, the upcoming five games. 
Personally, I think that it's going to look exactly the same as that. Just because of the fact that um, Hunter Green tasted success the other day with that near no-no. Well, the no-hitter that they should have won, I guess would be the better way of saying it. <laughs> I'm worried if he's just going to come in and freaking Verlander us and mow right through. <laughs> but the kid's got talent. He's fun to watch. It's going to be a good game. But that's the one game with the Reds that does scare me. But to that point, we have a chance of winning it, even if he throws a no-hitter. So, just saying. Yeah, exactly. That was the sixth time in Major League Baseball history, I think, I read that they, uh, that's happened, where the they've happened to walk enough runs or feel his choice scores the run for a no-hitter to be lost. It's just wild. But um, And then St. Louis is a good team. Don't sleep on St. Louis. So, I think we're going to split those games, especially at Bush Stadium. So, I yeah. think that 3-2 sounds legit for the next week. And I'm fine with that. That's above and heading in the right direction. Hopefully the offense keeps finding its uh, footing to be able to run into some of these easier parts of the schedule that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. It looks like, Chris, before you make your predictions, and uh, I'm assuming this will keep it the same for Adam and Craig, they will miss Adam Wainwright because he goes on Friday against Pittsburgh, which is a good thing, and they will also miss Miles Michaelis, who pitches Saturday. It looks like it will be, uh, no, not Stephen Mess, Jordan Hicks again, and Dakota Hudson that the Blue Jays will get uh, in those two games at Bush Stadium. So, Chris, make your projections. Or sweep the Reds. Sorry. Because you have to. You have there's, to. No if, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. You have to sweep the Reds, especially at home. Do I want to sweep the Cardinals, too? It depends if they win <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> If they lose, if they lose tomorrow, they're gonna sweep both. But if they win tomorrow, then (laughs) fuck. Why are you making (laughs) it complicated? Well, because this is what I do. Uh, One and one against card sweep against the the Reds. Before yeah, I think I'm in line with three and two as well. They find one game to drop against Cincinnati, and it'll be one of the Castillo or Hunter Green games that they just can't hit them for whatever reason. Um, and then, yeah, I'm also on the split against the Cardinals. I hate two game series; they're so weird, so um, so lame. Especially, I have listeners. Team. I have listeners chiming in that says that Devlin can stay at the basketball game. So fuck off. Peter, <laughs> <laughs> you on? You do, you don't have you don't have the only chat, Craig. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure Maddie D. Maddie D yeah. in the house. Back that yeah. Twitter all of a sudden let me see the damn chat anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh Craig, turn over to you for picks to click. Reveal who won last week or go through who was picked last week, and then we will all make our picks for the next five games. So I had King Kirk, who apparently tonight feels like showing up and he was some of our offense over the weekend too. Tim Mesa, unfortunately, sorry, Chris, got hurt. Um, Adam had to win. Not a get hurt contest. <laughs> um, and then Brendan, you had George Springer. So we were talking that that was supposed to go until Thursday, and um, that we wanted. Yeah. So if we want to keep going with that, we can keep going with that, and then pick our picks to click, so we can sync back up with our new Tuesday schedule. Everybody, by the way, just saying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is that where we're going with everything, boys? If I recall. Yeah. yeah. Put it, put yeah, it up on Thursday on the off day um, yep. and have people vote on it for us. So we won't reveal a winner. Uh, we'll announce it on the next show and via Twitter. So with that. Um, you still pick. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We're picking for Cincinnati and St. Louis. Who won the last round? Uh, it was Adam, right? I did. Yeah. Okay. So you, you can go first with this one because we don't have a winner for this yet. 
So you get yeah. an odd advantage of two. For it, in all reality, he's probably going to win this other one with Gosman too. So just saying. <laughs> mm. I won't go Gosman again. Who's starting to? Mm. Fuck it. Give me Bo. Okay. Up next, is it Craig or Chris? Who I'm just trying to remember the order last week. I think it was Chris. I think it was Chris too. Yeah. So right. go ahead, Chris. Craig. Craig, Craig can go yeah, first this time. Okay. Go ahead, Craig. Well, I'm gonna be this guy and steal your Robbie Ray pick and Kikuchi. Okay. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Totally. And I guess because we're actually no, never mind. Sorry. Um. So Chris, go ahead. <laughs> you you can go ahead, Brendan. I'm still mulling over about four different guys. Okay. Um, yeah. A lot a lot of warning trackouts lately. A home run yesterday. I'm hoping that weaker opposition brings Matt Chapman's bat to life. Chappy. So I'm gonna take a gamble yeah. and go Matt Chapman. Chapman. <laughs> I'm gonna go with my last winner and go with Springer. Okay. All there right. Go. So winners for because I have no bull, I have no bullpen piece to choose because I yeah, don't know who exactly. the fuck is down there anymore. <laughs> no, be ball come back this weekend. Yeah. No, 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 no. You won't be back this weekend. No way. It's not about Garcia, but yeah, that's so, right. it doesn't end well. When I I picked two relievers this year and it hasn't ended well either time. So. Yeah, can you not pick one anymore, please? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I go on one thing I want to mention too. We were talking about the weird triple. Earlier in yes. the game. Yeah. Um, I have a trivia for you. Which former Tampa Bay Ray is actually the right fielder tonight for the Mariners? Steven Souza Jr. There it is. <laughs> and so just to say, if that's the basis of his game these days, wow, have the mighty have fallen. Anything else you guys want to add? I do have one final thing I want to end on uh, before we do two claps and Ric Flair. But anything else you guys want to add? I'm good. Go, Just, you know, I don't want to get yelled at anymore. <laughs> Craig, you can chime in on this, on this if you want. I just want to give love to the city of Buffalo with what happened on Saturday. The Blue Jays, former home and our neighbor, um, the closest American city to us, a uh, city that graciously welcomed our baseball team, and a lot of Blue Jays fans are there. Just absolutely senseless what happened. I know we always have these conversations. It feels like once every couple of weeks or every couple of months, but sending all love to the city of Buffalo and Craig, you being just 45 minutes to an hour outside of there. I don't know if you had anything you wanted to chime in on that. I know it's not the happiest note to end the show on, but it's definitely worth addressing because it was just horrific. What happened there on Saturday? No, and then the love to lose about here is not only was that guy eventually settling on the unfortunate spot they did pick, but he was literally looking all around western new york to the fact that it was here rochester there all over so the fact that there's somebody that freaking sadistic to be out there doing that kind of crap is scary and it's not right and a shout out to all the families and everything that obviously were affected by this tragedy and our hearts go out for you because it's not the horrible the worst pieces of humanity dealing with this kind of stuff as far as uh, why this guy shouldn't even be around, but hopefully he gets tried the way he needs to. And this makes an example because this is horrible. Yeah. I I hope I agree with everything you said. And it's tough, tough way. And I know you guys being bills fans too. the city of Buffalo is close to your hearts. I love visiting that place. 
great sports city, great town to visit friends in and whatnot. And I can't wait to get back there to say hello. And hopefully the community recovers and um, we can all get together again and, and celebrate happiness instead of this senseless thing this past weekend. But uh, with that, guys, to City of Buffalo, we're with you. We hear you. Uh, I know the Blue Jays organization stands behind you as well. So just wanted to give a shout out there um, and whatnot. But gentlemen, unless we have anything else to add, let's wrap it up. Go watch the rest of the Blue Jays game and end it with two claps and a Ric Flair. Ready? One, two, three. Woo! Let's go, Let's go. Blue Jays. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.